Go in your Bibles, the book of Psalm, chapter number one. We'll read three verses. One, two, and three. Teresa, I like the I like the logo. How many recognizes that tree? Yeah. Like a tree, like a tree. David writes and says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree, like a tree, like a tree, like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does, it shall prosper. Lord, I ask and pray, God, because it's certainly not any ability that I have, but God, I ask and pray for your anointing upon this sermon and upon this message, and dear God, help every person be attentive and I am believing that it will be beneficial. In Jesus' name, amen. The words here are, there's a progression, walks, stands, and sits. I've seen something, or I say I thought of something when I read that the other night, and I thought of the words that Paul uses in the book of Ephesians. To where in Ephesians chapter 2, he says, wherein in time past you walked according to this world. Then he goes on down further and talks about that you stand with unholy people. But then he says, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even we, when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ, and in parentheses, by grace you're saved. And then in verse 6, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. A tree grows by doing one thing in particular, staying in place. If you're trying to grow a tree and two weeks later you come out and say, it's not growing very fast, I think I need to move it somewhere else. And then you move that tree somewhere else. And then you think, hey, it's not growing very, I think I'll move it to this soil over here. Everybody knows that tree, it ain't never going to grow. That's poor grammar, but that's good theology. It ain't never going to grow. Dan Gill, I seen you in the Wayne County Press. Did you know you was in the Wayne County Press? Uh-huh, you was. You was spotting a guy who was deadlifting. You're there. I seen you. said... Okay, okay, all right. Why has Orchardville Church grown like it has grown? And I've had people ask me that. 
And here's always my answer. Willing workers. But the more I think about that, that's half the answer. I think it's willing workers and, and you can say, well, you're tooting your own horn. Nobody else will toot it for me, so I might as well toot it. <laughs> willing workers and Kay and myself have been here by next month, 25 years. Here's what I've seen down through the years. Most preachers stay in one church less than three years. And I believe that there is a spiritual dynamic to that because I look in the Old Testament, Pharaoh went and had the children killed that were two or three years of age. He had all of the baby boys killed. You get in the New Testament, Herod did exactly the same thing. If he can kill it in its infancy, it will never grow and mature. And this is why, church, why preachers go from one church to the next church to the next church and, and wonder why nothing ever happens. Longevity plus integrity equals credibility. There's no way around that. You can't short circuit any one of those out of there. And to think that I'm going to come in and I'm going to, I'm going to blow in and I want to give them my sermons and it's all going to happen in two years or three years never will happen. You can't point to a place where that has happened. Can't do it. And again, I think the spiritual emphasis that the devil knows that if I can disrupt this and if I can get this guy out of here and move him somewhere else and then the process starts all over again, nothing will never grow to maturity. You'll never be like a tree. There must be a place where the Lord can meet with you and I think if you belong to Orchardville Church and this is your home church, every Sunday this ought to be a meeting place, but it's got to be more than that. God needs to meet with you and you need to meet with God every day of your life. Get a, a particular time, whether it's driving to work, and I've heard preachers say, that's not a good time to pray to God. Well, those people never had a real job neither. People are busier now more than they ever have been in all of their life. And if that's the time that you can carve out to where you're praying to God and alone time with God, my, my voice on this is I applaud you for that. But you've got to have a time to where the TV's not going and the kids are not screaming and everything is not going haywire. There's got to be a time to when you and you and you and you and God can get together. Amen. Not you and a million other people. Not in you and me and other distractions. The Lord Jesus wants to meet with us, and the, re the reason why is to have fellowship, and that then we can grow, and we can reach, teach, and serve. The apple tree bears forth apples so that the apple tree can eat the apples. No. So someone else can be blessed. And that's Christian maturity, 
Knowing that, yes, I'm going to have a, a, a fellowship with God, but in turn, knowing that other people will be helped by me being what I need to be in God. God met Abraham under a tree. God met Zacchaeus up in a tree. God met Moses in a bush. God met Noah in an ark. God met Jonah in a whale. God met Adam in a garden. God met Paul on the roadside. God met Simon Peter on the seaside. There was a time in particular when God met each and every one of them. God met David on the threshing floor, and that's what I thought of when I was on the Temple Mount. Right here is where it happened. God met David on this threshing floor, and you can read about that in 2 Samuel chapter 24. David, he wants to stop the pestilence that's within the land. He knows he's got to offer a sacrifice. He goes to Aruna, the Jebusite. He goes to his threshing floor, and he's there on the Temple Mount, and he says, I will buy all of your instruments. And Aruna, the Jebusite, said, No. I'll give it to you, king. It's yours. It's yours. And David could have went like that. Oh, goody, 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 goody. This is the deal of the day. I get to offer God something, and it ain't cost me nothing. I'll tell you what. It's just how I am. I go to the ball game, and when I get to, to pay, they always say, oh, well, preachers, they, they get in free. I said, no, nah, I'm going to support the team like everybody else. Here's my money. I ain't chancing to try to get out for paying. Boy. I thought that'd be shouting ground, but that <laughs> No. David said to Aruna, no, but I will barely buy it from you at a full price. And he bought everything, and he offered to God. And all of that that Aruna had that David bought from him, it became part and parcel of an instrument of harvest that happened. The oxen was an instrument of harvest. The threshing floor was an instrument of harvest. The threshing skid was an instrument of harvest. The yoke became an instrument of harvest. King David became an instrument of harvest. And Aruna the Jebusite, a man who wasn't even Jewish, became an instrument of harvest. I want to be an instrument of God's harvest in these last days, and I want Orchardville Church to be an instrument of harvest. And when I say Orchardville Church, what I'm really meaning is each and every one of you. Amen. In this new year of 2013 that we're in, each one needs to reach one. Wow. What if that would happen? What if that would happen? The chain of events of the person you've reached and then in turn reaching somebody else. The chain of events of that. You're going to hear that quite often this year in this new year of each one reach one. Ah, oh, it's a preacher's job. Find that in the Bible. You cannot do it. It's everybody's job. Amen. Hello. It's everybody's job. 
That's why in Matthew 20, 21, it says, son, go work today in my vineyard. Who, what, when, and where? Right there in those just few words. Son, go work today in my vineyard. Before he works, he's a son. If you're trying to work to become a son, stop it. That ain't the Bible. Son, go work today in my vineyard. You don't work to become a son. It's son, go work. It's not son, go attend a seminar. It's not son, go discuss theology. It's not son, Go criticize the one who are working. No, it's son, go work. You want to know the secret to success in God's kingdom? Son, go work. Hmm. Hmm. God did not say, go teach in my vineyard. He did not say, go preach in my vineyard. He did not say, go sing in my vineyard. He said, go work in my vineyard. Too many churches, and we all know this, this is probably a pretty accurate stat, in too many churches, you've got 90% of everything that gets done gets done by how many percent? 10%. That should never, ever be. What's going on is people are becoming spectators instead of participators, and God wants us all involved. Like a tree. That's the words that King David used. And I don't think he means an oak tree. Although an oak tree can give you shade. Right? An oak tree can give you flooring. I don't think it means a cherry tree. A cherry tree can give you cabinets. I don't think he meant a cedar tree. Cedar tree can give you siding. I believe David is talking about an olive tree. An olive tree is to bear forth fruit, and if it doesn't, it's not good for anything else. An olive tree, you're not going to get shade, you're not going to get flooring, you're not going to get cabinets, you're not going to get siding. If it's not bearing forth fruit, the Bible said it's good for nothing but to be cut down. Tree is to grow, not to stay the same. Please give me that picture of that woman. I'm going to ask a question. How many here sees an old woman? Would you raise your hand? Up in the balcony? How many here sees a young woman? Would you raise your hand? I showed this earlier before church began. And Valerie says, I, I see an old woman. And Randy says, well, I... I see a young woman. And she says, how can you see a young woman? And he said, how can you see an old woman? <laughs> what we first see, hear this, what we first see sets the pattern of what we focus on. How many here, even looking harder at it now, that saw the old woman, you now can see a young woman. 
Very few. How many here that saw, now I'm confused. What did I say just three or four while ago? <laughs> How many that saw the, the, the young woman now sees an old woman? What I've seen in Christianity is this. If a person was saved during the 70s, they always going to like the songs that they were listening to in the church where they were saved. And it's going to be hard to get them out of that, of what they first saw. They're so used to staying right there. It's like the little boy that kept falling out of bed, and he fell out of bed five nights in a row, and his mom came to him and said, Son, why do you keep falling out of bed? And he said, Mom, I'm just staying too close to where I got in. I think a lot of Christian people that way. The Bible talks about learning a new song and singing a new song to God. But some people can't do that. They saw the old woman first. They always going to see the old woman. They saw the young woman first. They always going to see the young woman. People that got saved during the 80s. It was a particular type of song that was being sang. That's the only one that's any good. Nothing else is any good. I want everybody here to cross your arms. Is everybody doing it? Because there's always going to be some slacker that's not doing it. <laughs> now I want you to cross your arms the other way. Ah. Mm-hmm. We get used to something. You can uncross them because I hate it when people cross their arms while I'm preaching. <laughs> We get comfortable doing things a certain way. And when somebody asks you to do something different, oh, no. I mean, give me this. There are times you're going to disagree with things that I do, right? Sure. But, no, you need to pipe <laughs> down over there. But know this. I have got the good of this church at heart. And there, yeah, there's going to be times that we disagree. I mean, th think about it. There's nothing more difficult, and I'm not seeing the blues, but good grief, you get, you get all corporately together, 1,200 people, and you try to get them to agree on one thing and go one direction. And you got some people, they're a Chevy man, and other people, no, I hate Chevy, I'm a Ford man. I like bologna. I wouldn't eat bologna if I was dying. Of... I like a skinny woman. Oh, I like a voluptuous woman. <laughs> and then expect everybody to see exactly the same. No. But know this. I've got the good of this church at heart. And sure, there's going to be times that we disagree. I want uh, Valerie to show the Show the next one. Here's what I'm convinced of. I'm convinced they're doing something very stupid. <laughs> one guy up front, two guys in back, trying to push the wagon for the people listening to the CD, and the wagon's got square wheels, and they're pulling and pushing a wagon that's filled with round wheels. What we need to get done at Orchardville Church, the miracles right here in these walls. 
Everything we need is right here in these walls. I say everything we need is right here in these walls. I've got some things in mind that I'm telling you, if I can get you to see it and get you to go along with it and get some money out of your billfold, we're going to do some big things. But you've got to be willing to go along with this and know that we are trying to reach people for Jesus Christ and the miracle is right here in the house. Same way as the woman with the oil thousands of years ago, everything she needed was right there in her home. Same way right here, right now. People commented to me, don't even go to this church. It's remarkable when you guys build something, you don't even have to go outside the church. Everything you need, somebody knows how to do it right here in the church. That's why God tells us to do it. Because the miracle is already right here in the midst of us. And we do not want to do something stupid and we're trying to push and pull this wagon and we got square wheels and we got everything we need that's already right here. That's why I want people to tap into what is going on and like a tree, if we stay planted by the rivers of God and the water of God, we will grow, we'll bear forth fruit and everybody around here will be blessed for this place being here. Amen. Amen. Growing churches are led by leaders that expect the congregation to grow. I don't expect to stay the same. I look at some, and I've, I've got 40, 40 folders of messages that I've preached over the years. I have looked at some of them first sermons that I've preached. It's like, you people were guinea pigs <laughs> to have that preached at you. And I don't expect to stay the same. I expect to grow. I expect to grow. I expect this church to grow. I expect, and again, when I say this church, the church walks in and out the door. It's not this building. Never was it this building. This building is a place where we have to facilitate everything that we need to get the work of God done in a given week. That's what this building is for. But the church, the real church, walks in and out the door. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Listen to this, and I'll break this down for you. The things you have heard from me, the same commit to faithful men who will also be able to teach others. Paul, Timothy, faithful men, others. This is what Reach, Teach, Serve's all about. This is what like a tree is all about. It's just not about me. My brother-in-law told me last week, he said, Mark, I got something out of your message. I said, well, Brad, what was it? He said, big God, little me. Big God, little me. And my job is to be part of what's going on here and to grow in what God wants here and to continue to move forward, and we're going to see some big things happen. Amen. 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 One more slide, please. This is what we're going to see over the next few weeks. Church grows warmer through fellowship. The church grows deeper through discipleship. The church grows stronger through worship. The church grows wider 
through ministry. The church grows larger through evangelism. Let's all stand. Leave that up there, please. Let's act this out. The church grows warmer <laughs> through fellowship. The church grows deeper through discipleship. The church grows stronger through worship. The church grows wider through ministry. The church grows larger through evangelism. That's what we want to do. That's what we're going to do. This year of 2013, we're going to reach, teach, and serve we want each one to reach one, and I think the way to do it is incorporate these things into our services, into our lives, to where they just become part of who we are. I want, listen, I, I've said this numerous times, I want everybody in this place to be blessed. I want your families to be blessed. Because I know that tree that blessed tree, but that will leaf over into someone else, and someone else will be able to draw shade, and someone else will be able to pluck that apple, and someone else will be able to get that fruit, and it'll be a blessing to others, just not. You know, I feel sorry for people, but it's just, it's just all about me. It's just all about me. What I, it's all about me. How little and small that is. Reach, teach, and serve. And we want to do that because the Bible gives us a directive to do that. David said, like a tree, there's your secret. There's your secret. And we're going to learn this in the next few weeks. Bow your heads, please. Heavenly Father, we're thankful, God, for this opportunity that you've given me this day to be able to preach your holy writ and we're thankful, dear God, for that. I ask and pray, Lord, as a pastor of this church, help me, dear God, to be able to guide by your holy word this congregation and that people are going to see the benefit of reach, teach, and serve. And that this year, each one will reach one. In Jesus' name, amen. Come just as you are. Spirit call Come just as you are Come and see Come receive Come and live Forever Come just as
It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.